John chapter number 7, page 1124. I'm even going to let you remain seated this morning. Tonight. Long time, ain't it? It did take me a nap, amen. John chapter 7 and verse number 24. Now when you get there, it's page 1124, when you get there, I want you to look this away. Because I have a question to ask you. Do you desire to be a godly, good Christian? Is that in your heart to do that? Well, tonight I'm going to give you just as simple a truth as you will ever get. And I'll be, be very sincere and honest. Some of you believe you're good at this, but you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. It's certainly not something we ought to brag about. In John chapter 7 and verse 24, Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Just one verse. Let's read it again. Let's read it together. Ready? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Lord, help us as we preach tonight. Now, I pray, pray you bless our missionary wherever he may be. And Lord, I pray, help them, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought it worth noting that the last chapter, before we get to here, chapter 7, in John chapter 6, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And in interest, and the price was too high. And uh, the Lord even come to the place and he asked those, he said unto the twelve, Will you go away? And I love this, Peter assured him, Peter assured him that their faith was in him. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. It is in that setting that we have chapter number 7. It's amazing how that you move from one chapter into another in a chapter where many have decided the price was just too high. They wasn't going to follow the Lord anymore, so they all left. But as we get to chapter number 7, we see the conditions in Israel. Now, I'm going to get you somewhere, but let me kind of set a stage for you, if I will. The, the, in verse number 1, the Bible says, and after these things, and it's after these things that ties us to chapter number 6. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for He would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill Him. You're going to find that Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath and they have then decided they're going to kill him. One minute they're, they're flogging him, they're loving him, they want to serve him. Next minute they want to kill him. Isn't it amazing? You'll find in John five eighteen. therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he had not only, he had not only broken the Sabbath, but said also that he was God, 
that God was his father making himself equal with God. Now, had he lied, that would have been blasphemy. But the problem was, he was God. So it wasn't a lie. It was the truth. And since he cannot lie, he couldn't do nothing but say the truth and tell the truth. We see in verse 2 the celebration of the tabernacle. Verse number 2, this great celebration of the Jews, the feast of the tabernacle was at hand. It took place in October, around the 15th day of October. And according to Josephus, it was one of the most popular Jewish feasts there was. In verses 3 through 5, we see the challenge of his brothers. I mean, they're troubled. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Is his brethren James and Josie and Simon and Judas? We see here the challenge of his brothers. They said, look, this, uh, my goodness, is he just not just someone else we know about? Then we see the cessation or the weight, if you will. Then Jesus said to them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. My soul, what hour has he of a destined time that he would do his great work? Then we see the caution in verse number 10. When the brethren would come up, they went, he, and then when he also into the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. But it is in these next several verses that the great conflict over Christ begins. There was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, he's a good man. Others said, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man openly of him for fear of the Jews. So all of a sudden now you've got a great contradiction. And it is in the midst of this contradiction that the Lord begins to share just a one line, powerful, powerful, God-given, Holy Ghost statement. Amazing the people here, verse 20, the people answered and said, Thou hast the devil who go about to kill thee. Jesus answered and said to them, I've done one work and y'all marvel. Moses therefore gave you the circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but as of the Father. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. And if a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are you angry at me because I made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? He said, Hey, fellas, What's the big deal? You circumcise on the eighth day, and if the eighth day fell on the Sabbath, you 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 committed to you done the circumcision. Why in the world is there such a problem with me healing this man and making him whole on the Sabbath? And so they they were so contradictory, and then he made this statement. It's it's amazing to me. As I read the Bible, the Lord didn't have to give a full sentence to explain something. All He had to do was give you one sentence. 
And that one sentence has the power to be life-changing. Here was the one sentence. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. By men's standards, the Lord has never done things the way men do. He chose a cross when he could have had power. He was a conqueror. He could have, he was a suffering servant when he could have been a conquering king. He washed feet when he could have had men kneeling at his feet. He served instead of demanding to be served. The Lord took all the standards that you and I understand for mankind and just turned them upside down. He loved His enemies. He loved those that offended Him. Those that hated Him, He loved them. Those that crucified Him, He prayed, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. He brought sanity and love into a world that was filled with hate and greed and selfishness. They lined up to be healed, but the same crowd lined up to kill Him because He did it on the Sabbath day. See what we we failed to do. I I have, and I consider him a friend. I really do. Ever so often, there's Seventh-day Adventists. And they send me, she sends me material all the time in the mail for me to read. How that you're, that it's a, if you don't worship on Saturday, you ain't right with God. Hallelujah. I'm glad we can worship on Saturday and on Sunday, but we ought to worship Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And the Lord, they, they, they got so caught up in things, you would be amazed at the decisions that people have made from what they considered something important that wasn't important whatsoever. Life-changing decisions. And so we find here, and all of a sudden, the Lord comes and He begins and He says, Now listen, you need to learn to judge righteously. Righteous judgment. He rebukes their inconsistency. And he said, Behold, why, behold, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? He went on to say, that, and let, let, me, let me paraphrase that with this. He said, Why in the world are you worried about the, 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 the splinter in somebody else's eye? And you got two before in yours. That's what the text is literally saying. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? Romans 2, 21, Therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself, that thou preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Romans, James 3, 10, Out of the same mouth proceed, blessing and cursing my brethren, these things ought not to be so. He said this, he said, You ought not bless God, and then curse in the same voice. God said those things should not be so. In this kind of setting, he made this statement. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Let me give you about five things 
And then some very practical stuff at the end. Amen? Number one, write this down. Because people say it doesn't make it true. Because people say it does not make it true. And there was much murmuring, talking among the people concerning him. Some said, he's a good man. Others said, nay, he deceiveth the people. Because someone says it does not make it true. I am absolutely amazed at how much in face value we take what others say as being truth. We'll even read it in the Word of God. And we'll hear somebody else say something different. We'll junk the Word of God and believe what they said. You realize because somebody else says it, doesn't make it true. How many of you remember the story in school, The world, the War of the Worlds by Orson Welles? How many remembers that? You realize all of that was fabricated? It was not true. But the people heard that on the radio. It caused a great panic in our nation. And people believed it. You know why? Because they heard it. In John 7, 20, the people answered and said, Thou hast the devil who goeth about to kill thee. May I remind you, this is the same crowd of people that walked away in chapter 6. May I remind you, this is the same kind of people said, Boy, that's a hard saying. We can't do that. Can I remind you, this is the same group of people that left Jesus. He looked at the disciples and said, Will you go away also? I just want to help you tonight to understand something. Because people say it doesn't make it true. In 2 Chronicles chapter 18 and verse number 4, there's a wonderful story. There's a man of God by the name of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, uh, Ahab has come and, and said, I want you to join up with me and we're going to go to Ramoth Gilead to battle. And uh, Jehoshaphat said, Is there a prophet we can inquire? And Ahab said, yes, sir. I got 400, 400 prophets. So they go to the 400 prophets. And the 400 prophets said, yes, sir, king. You and they, you and Jehoshaphat go up. One of them even made him a set of horns and put on his head. And said, you're going to be just like this bull. You're going to drive them out. See, old Jehoshaphat was a very wise king. Now, he wasn't too wise because he hooked up with Ahab. But he still had some wisdom. And Jehoshaphat said, is there another? And old Ahab said, yeah. Prophet number 401. Listen to what he said. Yet is there one man by whom we may acquire the Lord? Here's Ahab's. Yet there is one man by whom we may acquire the Lord, 
But I hate him. Now, if Ahab hates him, that's a good reason for you to hate him because Ahab was wicked. You know, he's married to Jezebel. She's meaner than a, a, a black snake. Amen. But I hate him, for he never prophesied good to me, but always evil. The same as Micaiah, the son of Imla, and Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Here's what he's saying. 400 said, you'll win the battle, you'll win the battle. But one said, you're going to take a whooping of your life. Ahab, and by the way, Jehoshaphat, you're going to suffer defeat. And then you've got to love this. And this one prophet, he looked over and he said, the Lord has sent a lying spirit to them other 400. He calls 400 prophets a liar. He said, they're all lying. What I want you to get tonight is this. Because somebody says something does not make it true. Second thing, don't miss this. Judge principles, not people. Second, First Corinthians 2.15 he that's, that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yea, he himself is judged of no man. Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you be not judged. John 12, 48, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same judge him in the last days. Romans 14, 13, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block on occasion of fall in his brother's way. Here's what he's just saying, judge principles, but don't judge people. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. If you climb on top of this building, and you're standing up there, I say, listen, don't judge, don't jump off that building. You're going to splatter on the sidewalk. There's a principle involved. It's called the law of of gravity. What goes up is going to do what? Come down. It's a principle. I can judge that and say, hey, dude, you jump off that building, you're going to splatter. And you're going to be hurt or killed. I've judged the principle. If I look up there and say, Hey, are you stupid or something? I've just judged the person. Now, he may be stupid if he's going to jump off a building. I've judged a person, not a principle. One of the things that God is really moving my heart to this is, I don't want to judge you as a person, but I'll be honest with you, I want to preach principles. And I can preach principles to you and tell you and let the principles do that, the judges. Let let me give you just a few. People that are consistently out of the house of God will struggle in their Christian life. I'm not judging them, I'm judging the principle they're living by. Those that... uh, uh, rob God of His tithes and offerings will not be blessed. That's God, some of you started getting honest with God and you found in God to be blessed. That's a principle. I'm not judging you. I'm judging the principle. 
Those of you that really want God to use you, that really want God to use you, then you've got to get faithful. You need to be here Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Maybe this is the reason God's given you this great truth here tonight because He didn't want to give it to everybody. I don't know. But I know this much. If you want to be used of God, you've got to be faithful. That's a principle. That's not judging a person. However, if I, if I look over here and I say, you know, I ain't sure Eddie's right with God. He's got that strange look about him. I ain't sure he's right or not. I've just judged him. I can't judge that. I can't judge that. Now, if he starts laying out of the house of God, I can judge the principle. So we need to learn to judge the principle and not judge the person. I'll be honest with you. Number, number, let's move on. Let's move on. Judge only, number three, write it down. Judge only in your area of judgment. I'm amazed many times I'll ask somebody something about a matter and get their opinion. I'm amazed how many times I get what they think I need to do to fix the church. I'm amazed how many times I get what, what's been building up in them, what they're sideways about. It has nothing to do with what I ask them. What it is, we sometimes get this idea that we can judge and fix other people's areas of judgment. And everybody here has an area of judgment. In your home, that's your area of judgment. Uh, in your automobile, that's your area of judgment. When you come on to church property, praise God, you walk in my office, that's my area of judgment. As long as I'm pastor, this is my area of judgment. Your Sunday school class is your area of judgment. So we need to learn to judge in our different areas of judgment that God has given us. When we start trying to judge in other people's areas, as a matter of fact, this kind of thinking will probably get you sideways quicker than anything else. Because what happens is this, your opinion and your attitudes become bigger than the truth. I believe this. You know, there's a lot of people made decisions on what they believe when they believed wrong. They just believed wrong. And an ideal is, I love this, John 21, 21. Peter saith him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? I love this. Peter has just stopped. Peter has just gotten right with God. He's been out of the will of God. He'd been out fishing. He'd catch nothing. Jesus said, throw the net on the right side. He got all this fish. Jesus says, Peter, Simon Peter, lovest thou me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Simon Peter, lovest thou me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Fine, he said, Simon Peter, lovest thou me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. Now, Peter's just gotten right with God. God's given him a command. He's ready to go. And Peter looks over there and says, Jesus, what about John over there? Here's what the Lord said. Jesus said to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Here's what he simply said in good Granite Falls language. Peter, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. Hey, Peter, what you worried about him for? Hey, Peter, you've got enough issues by yourself. Why are you bothered with him? Hey, Peter, none of your business. He said, now get busy following me. 
So we find number four, number four, write this down, number four. If you don't know God, you can't judge the way He judges. All through this passage, the Lord begins to talk about His judgment, how He does. And this crowd here that's judging Him, they don't know Him. Now we all judge things. Now we, we saw we want to. We, me, and, me and Darlene was going down the road the other day. And, um, and, and, and I didn't judge him. I'm judging a principal now. <laughs> He's coming down the side on a moped. On where the grass is on the side of the road. And I said, honey... He is, he, and he's a flying. I said, he's going to dump that thing here just any minute. And about that time, wham, he did. He hit the ground. He jumped up, got on it, and kept on down the road. I don't know if he was hurt or not. But I thought to myself, how many times we don't know God, you can't judge as he judges. Many times, most of the times, we're not even looking to see God's will in the matter, especially if it goes against what we want. Philippians 2, 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and do His good pleasure. James 4, 4, Ye adulteress and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. 1 Peter 2.15, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now come to the last one. And this is the one that I want you to especially write it down. And I'll tell you what I'd like for you to do. I would like for you to write this down and put it in a fly leaf of your Bible. Judge not by appearance. Judge not by appearance. How many of you has looked at something, made a statement about it, only to find out later that you were absolutely wrong? Many times you're detrimental to somebody else's character, and reputation. On one occasion, a dear old saint came to an altar. And she is so broken and so weeping that the men of God said, What are you doing here drunk? And she said, I'm not drunk. I'm broken. I want a man child. If you'll give me a son, I'll go give him back to the Lord. But the man of God thought she was drunk. Can I help you? Don't brag about being good at this. It's not nothing to brag about. It's really not. Because I guarantee you, no matter how good you think you are at it, you're going to be wrong more than times than you would ever imagine. You can't judge 
by appearance. In Joshua chapter 22, half tribe of, these two and a half tribes are, have helped them win the war and they're going back. And as they go back and they come to the borders of Jordan, they're in the land of Cain, the children of Reuben and Gad, children of Gad and half tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see. Now listen, all of a sudden when the children of Israel saw that altar, they said, my God, they are the will of God. My God, they're not where they need to be. My God, they're not doing what they're doing. Look what they're doing. They're building an altar. Have they forgotten the judgment of God? That's done. Have they totally forgotten the judgment of God? Have they totally forgotten what God was doing? They judged it by appearance. How you doing, brother? Our communication broke down. I should have called and let you know our services started at 6. I'll give you a few minutes here in just a little bit, okay? And... Uh, and judged by appearance. They knew. They had it all figured out. They had all planned. They're going to make sacrifices. They're going to get God's judgment on us and curse us. They're going to do it again. See what that crowd's doing. They judge by appearance. And when you do that, on a regular basis, you miss God more times you can stick at. I love this. Joshua 22, 22. God forbid we should rebel against the Lord. Turn this day from following the Lord to build an offering for burnt offerings. I said, We didn't build an offering to burn offerings on it. We built an altar to remember. See, they judge by appearance look at me you are not none of us are good enough Christians to judge by appearance if you do you're going to mess up let me close with about three practical thoughts then I'm going to give brother Baidu just a few minutes to share what he's doing amen I'm going to pay you anyway brother that's all that matters ain't it? No, no I love this man he's been here several times he's a friend to our church let me give you some practical thoughts. Number one, how can you accurately judge when you have the will of God? Judge not according to the appearance of God, but according to appearance, to the appearance. Can I ask you a question? So if you make a judgment by appearance, are you in the will of God or not in the will of God? Talk to me now. So how can you judge accurately if you're not in the will of God? Number two, appearances can be deceiving. Son of man is come eating and drinking. And you say, behold, a gluttonous man. Was that true? No. A wine-bibber. Was that true? A friend of publicans and sinners. Was that true? Yes. One verse. Half of it's not true. Half of it's true. You cannot judge by appearances will be deceiving. It's kind of like people. When I was on the radio for years, I'd meet somebody and said, I've heard you on the radio for years, and I didn't dream you would look the way you look. And I, I stopped asking. I, I, didn't, I don't ask, what do you think I look like? I don't want to know. 
I don't know. I've had people say, well, I thought you was, you was a, 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 a bigger man. What's wrong with my size? I thought you was an older man. I'm working at that. I, now, I love this one dear lady. And I don't know why she come up with this. I said, she said, you don't look the way you sound. I said, well, how do you, how did you think I was sad? She said, I thought you was a real fat man. I'm working on that too, amen. Number three. This is the one I really want to get to. Do you really believe that you live close enough to God to judge anyone by appearance? Two men went up in the temple to pray. The one was a Pharisee. The other one was a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. <laughs> and and, and you, got, you almost got to believe he pointed, and like this publican over here, I just got to believe he pointed at him. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all I possess. Like the publican, standing for all of but not lift up so much as his eyes in the heavens, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Do you really believe, do you really believe you live close enough to God to judge anyone by appearance? God, help us not to do that. First part, judge not according to appearance. Second part, but judge righteous judgment. How can you possibly obey the second part? It will rebel against the first part. Amen. So, Brother Baidu, come on up.